Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. So welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 189, week 189. And this week you have voted to cover uh, a topic we've covered before and not too long ago. It's probably the third or fourth time we've done it. Uh, face-to-face networking. So thank you very much, everyone who uh, voted for this one. It was face-to-face selling or face-to-face networking, and this is the one uh, everyone chose. So uh, already we've got quite a few questions that have come through, uh, so I appreciate that. If you have a question to ask on the topic, do pop it into the comments. Um, And if you're watching right now, do jump in with hashtag team live or hashtag team replay if you're watching the replay a bit later on Uh, and also the location so where you're watching from so we're live every week this time 1 p.m uk time on uh, facebook instagram and also linkedin Uh, and uh, every week we ask well i ask what topic you'd like to have covered as the uh, as the focus for your uh, questions so um, face-to-face networking is one that's Uh, very relevant to a lot of us with a lot of events we run, which is a beautiful segue into talking about how Marvellous Entrepreneur Business Live did last week. So thank you so much, everyone who supported Entrepreneur Business Live London, uh, the second one of the year. We had Atlanta the week before. uh, And if you convert it to dollars, uh, from those two smallish events, we've already raised about $500 for local charities. They've been been donated already, that money, uh, to help charities on the ground in Atlanta and in London. So I'm thrilled by that. The big news as of yesterday, if you were um, uh, unaware, is that Miami on the 16th of, um, of uh, what month? 16th of, of April uh, is happening. Of course, we already knew that, but the tickets are now available. We were building suspense uh, well, Brian Derek, the superstar um, hero that is hosting, was building suspense. And now, if you choose, you can go on to um, the link and grab your ticket. We have 180 seats available for the event on the 16th. I will be joined by Q, Quentin Allens, by Shay Rowbottom, by Shanae Murray, by um, Brian Derek, and also by Jackie Hemez as well, uh, who will be streaming live from Milwaukee. The the Six of us, uh, we're going to have a great time talking about scaling your business in 2020. Uh, all bring our own different flavours to it in a panel and a Q&A and, and some small talks as well. So it'll be really good fun. And that's on the 16th of April. You can now buy a ticket. I was asked earlier today about whether or not, because obviously these events are all free. And if you choose, you can donate to the local charity. I was asked this morning by someone, Richard, can I... Uh, I can't make it, but can I donate still? And the answer is yes. If you go to the link, you can find it on therichardmore.com. You can actually, instead of uh, grabbing and registering for your ticket, for your seat, you can just donate directly, literally any amount you choose. Uh, and in fact, this is becoming a theme that people who can't make it will still um, will still donate. So really, uh, thank you, those of you who decide to do it. Just those who are hopping in right now, as I said, if you're watching live, put in the comments hashtag team live and where you're watching from. If you're watching the replay, hashtag team replay and what you're watching from. Uh, nice to see people jumping in on Facebook. So Karen Cooper, good to see you here from Staten Island. Ryan Pham is watching. My man Victor Hocasitas from Barcelona as well. Good to see you there. You guys must be weird not having mobile uh, congress there right now. Uh, I was expecting a big thing and it's just had to be cancelled because of coronavirus. Um, 
I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are on coronavirus and business. Uh, is it affecting you at the moment? I've been giving, some, I've been receiving messages from people who are massively affected, those in the event space, for example, and uh, some people who are just simply not affected in the slightest. Uh, we lost another £130 billion off our, the, the value of uh, the um, stock market this morning in the UK. So um, that's interesting. £200 billion last week, I think it was as well. So um, panic or no panic, the fact is it does affect a lot of businesses. It'd be interesting to see if it's affecting yours. And it runs directly into this topic of face-to-face -face networking because I, was, I interface with a lot of networking companies and many are having to cancel their events. Um, South by Southwest in the digital marketing space, of course, was a, a, a big uh, cancellation uh, that was heard of last week. So that's bad news for many people. Uh, but many are still going ahead as well, especially those locally. Uh, and in fact, Mobile World Congress, because a lot of people were in town, they, some people still went ahead. So Huawei still went ahead with uh, product launches and things like that, albeit via a pre-recorded video message from the president, if I remember right. But let's get into questions. Uh, that's EBL Miami. Uh, you can grab tickets right now. EBL London Atlanta, $500 already donated to charities. Thank you for your support. Let's uh, just quickly look at um, LinkedIn, who's jumping in there. Good evening from Pakistan, from Mohammed Assad. Good evening, uh, or Team Live New Jersey is Christine Robinson. Team Live uh, here in the UK, Tim Brown. Carolyn Mankowski from Florida. I'll see you uh, next week, uh, sorry, next month even in Miami. And uh, oh, quite a few other people jumping in as well. Good. Let's go to the first question. Daniel Nunes, what skill sets can, uh, do you seek to connect with when you're networking with people offline? So skill sets, the, the things that people are good at, let's say, or, or the type of people I'm looking to interact with, are quite specific actually. I don't want to waste time, not just with skill sets, but with types of people with all respect and love to them. There's not enough time to interact with everyone, right? So <clears throat> if I have someone who is not a decision maker, that is the first and foremost a qualification point for me. If I'm not speaking to someone who can make a decision, I really need to move on to someone else. Having said that, it's nice to interact with people. You never know what's going to happen. But when time is of the essence, you need to be very purposeful and intentional, in my opinion. I, I want people, sure, who are intelligent, who are ambitious, who have uh, a sense of wit about them. But what I'm also interested in is those who have the kind of worldview of, uh, you know, a bit of a can-do kind of person. There's a lot of people who are negative and woe is me, the world's happening to me, I can't make a change kind of thing. And that's not in the touchy-feely motivational sense. That's in the, you know, can they grab their business by the horns and do something? Those that get it and believe they can have an impact and an influence on their space, I'm really interested in speaking to them because they're the ones who, um, you know, they, they want to drive forward and make change and, and, and do something. And they tend to be the ones who I get on well with. Um, also, those people who are sold on my world, uh, that makes a lot of sense if I'm going to do business with them as well. I've said this in the past, but whenever I've, uh, when it, years back when I started selling internet marketing when I, in, in 2003, so 17 years ago now, um, you know, there were people there where you had to sell the internet to them first. And the issue is that you're speaking to people who don't get it. And what you have to do is sell them the internet, then you get to sell your product. And that's just not worth it. Uh, as a qualifier, I would rapidly get out of uh, engagement with them and focus on those who did believe in it. The more at the time, they were kind of almost early adopters of the internet, really. But those who had a website, those that believed there was something in it, 
and uh, they're the ones who I, I actually put effort into uh, engaging with because I'm not here to try and be a hero or embrace the challenge of converting someone. If someone already believes in the space, then that's the step up in terms of qualification I'm after. So that tends to work for me best. So I'm really looking for, um, <clears throat> the fact is because there's not much time, I'm looking for the right person, I'm looking for the right kind of attitude as well. Uh, but good question, Daniel. But, but look out for those kind of people who roll their eyes a lot and like, oh, well, this can't happen or that can't happen. You know, those kind of people, you know, it's not worth it because they're, they're going to be looking for the negatives and reasons why things don't work as opposed to the opposite. And that's really what you're after instead. Good question to kick us off. Um, Antonio Olombrada, my friend from, uh, is he from over in Spain? I can't remember. I met him in Milan last year. Um, he's asked, what are the structural steps to follow for an effective networking first date? <coughs> so, Let's call the first date a networking event. Let's say that the first date is you interacting with someone. This is one of the most important things that people need to understand and that business ne businesses need to get right. Nobody wants to be sold at a networking event. No one wants it unless you have pre-decided to have agreed beforehand to meet and discuss, discuss a pitch. If you go up to businesses, they are typically there in selling mode. They do not want to be sold to. That is not what they're paid money to go and have happen to them. Because nobody, and this is not just in the B2B space, but B2C space as well, just in real everyday life, people don't want to be sold. Businesses need to understand there is massive practical upside instead of focusing on the pitch when you meet people first, is focusing on the connection instead. So much more now, what I aim to do for my, my first date, as you call it, Antonio, is when I'm going to a networking event, I wanna be the guy that's memorable. I wanna be the person who is in the room and interesting to someone. So maybe I'm deploying humor or wit or banter. Maybe we're discussing something more to do with them. The focus for me is always on the other person. And I focus on them because I want them to think, what a great conversation, what a great guy. So I bring the energy and the performance and I bring the, um, the interest in them. But what I don't do is focus on the pitch unless that opportunity comes up. If someone comes to me and is like, Richard, I've seen your stuff. I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can we talk more? Fine. But in the main, when I meet someone in, in, a, in a networking scenario, I want to learn about them and I want to be interesting. The reason why it is practical is because without question, psychologically, you're warming up the human side of that person and you've built enough rapport with them that you can pivot into a phone call or sales meeting after that. It is no great place to try a pitch when you're eating a piece of pizza and you've got the noise of everyone around you, people butting in to try and pitch someone. It's actually less effective than if you warm them up and then go for the close in a quiet space as, as the word, what's the term, when the volumes turn down elsewhere. So I would be interested in, in, obviously we'd end up talking about what we do, but I want to focus on them. And if there's a sense that something could happen, I'd say, you know, well, we should connect. Why don't we meet up? You know, exchange numbers, connect on LinkedIn, and then I'll nail down with them then and there a time to actually go to their office or they can come to mine and we can discuss something. And as I say, the volume's turned down and you can actually get somewhere meaningful. Rather than trying to wade your way through all of the noise at a networking event when someone's not really in the mood for that. Especially this is the case at a trade show. 
And it's difficult, again, because businesses want you to go to a trade show, if you're representing them, and be transactional. They want you to go and pitch as many people as possible. And sure, because of the context of the event, people are gonna wanna hear what it is you do. However, the approach, your first steps, Antonio, really should be you approaching people just simply to connect and see how they're doing. That is massively practical because then they feel like they want to learn a bit more about you and lean in. And I strongly advise people try this because they will want to then speak to you um, again afterwards uh, because you actually, you're actually now in a place where you got on quite well and you're a decent person. That matters. It's because you're interfacing with humans. So that works for me. Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense. That really makes more sense because you're speaking to humans to warm them up on a human level first. As I've always said, it's about taking cues from the offline world. So Antonio, good question. Thank you very much for that. Be the memorable guy and focus on them. Speak to them about them because now they're gonna enjoy the conversation more because it's all, all about their focus. If you're learning about what they do, you'll be able to deploy your services and your pitch far more effectively rather than banging on about yourself from the word go. Okay, so that, that's the way I approach it. Thank you, uh, Victor, for the thumbs up. Let's see who's uh, joining in over on LinkedIn. Remember, if you're just tuning in now, give me a, a hashtag team live in your comments and where you're watching from or hashtag team replay if you're watching a bit later on. Shout out to those listening on the podcast. So uh, if you look at, um, if you search for uh, Startup Business Q&A, uh, Richard Moore on Spotify or iTunes or whatever you listen to your podcast on, you'll see it there. Uh, so also shout out to those watching on IGTV a bit later on. Thanks very much. Uh, Wendy Gilhiller, Gil Hula, uh, Hoppy Monday. It's always Hoppy. I don't know why. Please explain. Uh, but Hoppy Monday to you as well. Lillian Curlan, nice to see you uh, watching from Texas. Uh, also Samuel Hazel from Kent, some more UK representing. Uh, Ronald Mathis from Orlando, good to see you here. Thanks so much for joining in as well. Mirav Levine, what are the best things to do to get comfortable when you are networking solo? I had a problem with this. When I first started as a natural introvert, it didn't necessarily make me shy, but I was just like, I don't necessarily be around people. I'd rather just be on my phone or do, uh, you know, uh, be, um, be at my desk. That's how I was when I started uh, a long time ago. But I, I soon learned that what you need to do is just warm yourself up. So there's two very important takeaways when you're maybe you're trying to get comfortable if you're on your own. Number one, get the first conversation out the way. When you've done one, you feel a bit better because you feel like you've got some momentum and you're moving. And number two, remember that time fuels fear. If you're scared or nervous, it will kill you because your brain will find ways to procrastinate and tell you maybe it's not a good idea and you'll end up collecting pens and sweets around the, the show floor, around the trade show all day long. You'll speak to the wrong people and you'll spend a lot of time getting coffees and then you'll have nothing to show for the event. Far better to starve fear by using uh, taking away its time. And the way I do it always is when I see a target, my first impulse has to be to walk towards them and start speaking. Because if I start thinking, I end up talking myself out of it. So if you see a target, go and speak to that person. Yes, some people don't like the word target. You're not gonna call them a target. Just in business parlance, they are a target. If you see a person you would like to connect to, uh, go to them straight away and start the conversation. It forces you to be in the moment. It, it, it discounts any 
potential uh, chance that you might overthink about what might happen, be worried afterwards. Uh, have the conversation first instead. And it works no matter how shy you are, go first and speak and see how, you know, and just start because that is important. And you start getting some momentum. You, then you start hearing the voice saying, do you know what, it wasn't that bad. And you do get into the motion of it. When you see someone that is a decision maker you could speak with, you need to just literally go up to them and speak straight away. No thinking, start doing instead. Um, but to be even more practical, I would say um, uh, if, you, if you are, if you want to look in a business networking event, you know those ones, a bit like EBL, where you have a bunch of people in the room, look out for the people on their own. The people on their own want to talk to someone and they're probably more nervous than you. If you want to get comfortable, look for two things, one of two things. One is people getting themselves drinks, easy to go and speak to them because you've got that commonality, you can talk about a drink instead and they are focusing on that. Two, people don't think about this, pure psychology of the animal that is instinctively nervous. Where are you going to stand if you're nervous? You don't stand in the middle of the room surrounded by people. The animal wants to feel safe. So look for people with their backs to the wall. People with the backs to the wall are the ones who are often a bit more nervous because they're, as an animal, what they're doing is that they're, they're like lessening the options for them to be attacked. So actually, if you focus on the people who have their back to the wall, that what they're doing is they're saying, I know there's nothing behind me. This is the animal speaking. And, and it's not always the case, but a lot of the time, those people are on their own, back to the wall. They will welcome you coming over to speak to them. Uh, and of course, as I say, those who are making a drink, getting a drink or something like that, those are occupied doing something. Obviously, if they're on the phone, don't interrupt them. But someone who's on their own is, the, <laughs> excuse me, is an easy win. <coughs> it's easy to get hold of them. Um, but remember those basics. So... Um, no time at all. When you see someone, go straight to them. People with their backs to the wall, people standing on their own, people going to get a drink or something, they're not involved in hardcore conversations. They are just jumping, they, they're, they're focusing on themselves. And uh, conversely, you actually can do quite well, uh, Mirav, if you see a bunch of people all together, just go and stand near them. It's an unwritten rule in a networking scenario that everyone's cool with everyone else standing near them. No one's gonna be like, who's this guy? They're not going to do it because you're, it's not a playground where everyone's upset about certain people breaking into their social clique. This is just an open discussion because it's a networking event. So it's allowed. It's an unwritten rule, but that's fine. The only other thing I'd say is no sales pressure. Not on them. We shouldn't be on them anyway. But when you're networking so to get comfortable with yourself, no sales pressure on yourself. Sure, you want to get a sale, and if the opportunity is there, you steer the conversation towards something meaningful, but don't have that pressure in the first place. Those that are nervous or want to get comfortable with a, 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 a new business setting, such as, for instance, face-to-face uh, -face networking, if you aren't naturally got the DNA where you're kind of confident and you're just going to go straight for it and you're going to be alpha and extrovert and just own it, if you're not built that way, then don't put yourself under the same pressure that someone at that level would put on their pressure, put, put on themselves. Instead, go in saying, do you know what, there's no pressure at all. The objective here is to connect, that's it. And I connect with five people, and I'm talking about any commonality at all, what's right in front of me, and I'll answer a bit more on that in the next question, but, but like, let's just talk and connect and see where that goes. Don't talk 
inanely about rubbish because that's no value to anyone in a in a, an event where people have paid to be there but you know don't focus on closing a sale because that's not necessarily going to happen on that meeting and you just may be at the level where right now the biggest win for you isn't a sell it's actually getting the hang of interfacing with new people that might be what your focus is and my advice to those who are shy or nervous about maybe a big event coming up is you go to some smaller events and practice rather than practice when it's game time practice with some, some small ones I would if I've got a big event come say Miami say you're gonna come to Miami 180 people nervous about meeting you know people who are LinkedIn famous or whatever and, which is a term it seems now instead of that being my my next event go to two between now and then in, in the next six weeks or so and um, and like the objective right got a one that's fairly small 20 people it's local uh, a LinkedIn local or something and uh, you know and and like right the objective today is to speak to five new people let that be your focus instead because then you're, you're practicing that and that's a really big win <clears throat> it's a really good question well done just a couple more before we finish this is a shorter one today because uh, of time so I hope that's helped uh, uh, lots of stuff on huh, on LinkedIn, I'll read later. <coughs> Wendy from Tennessee, good to see you here. Uh, Melitza Rosario, I hope, Rosaria, I hope you said your name right, from Netherlands, Team Live. Thierry Resignal, Leamington Spa, man, good to see you. Uh, a wonderful photographer uh, who uh, shot the Warwick Congress two weeks ago. Thanks very much for that good work. Uh, Craig Burns, you're here again, good observation. Freddie Ordinier's good video in Guatemala, nice to see you. I was drinking Guatemalan coffee this weekend. <laughs> Next uh, question from Ian Tisker. What are some typical icebreakers you use to start, start conversations with people you don't know? Um, you need, uh, I've said this so many times, you need to take your cues from the offline world. It's what would you do normally meeting people in real life? Don't look for formulas. Or, or some game or flow chart of things to say, you can really overthink it. If it's in the flesh, face to face, you need to be organic. And that requires you to just engage with people the way you normally would. Humor works really well. A bit of banter works really well. Sales crashes and burns. Hi, hi, uh, it's Richard here. Um, nice to meet you. So here's my pitch deck. It's just embarrassing. And no one's gonna go, this guy's awesome if you do that. That needs to come second to building the connection instead. Look for commonality. <clears throat> so for instance, um, I remember I, I, a while back I took a bunch of people in a sales team to an actual trade show, okay? So rather than me giving, just giving theory, it's good to get in the field and show them, right? So just to prove you're legit. So I took them to a trade show and I said, let me show you how to open up conversations. <clears throat> and it's literally anything you would use in real life because when you're the fun, interesting guy who's not walking up pitching people, people want to speak to you because that's what how people are built. There was one stand I remember with uh, Mercedes Benz and they had a Formula One car. It's like it's staring us in the face, the thing to talk about. So I went up and there was one of the um, one of their directors was standing there and one of their sales reps or something as well. So. 
you know, I, I, you make, you just make a joke. I think there was some appalling banter. I said something along the lines of, if you leave it there in London, you're going to get clamped or I hope you paid your congestion charge. You know, it doesn't even need to be funny. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. It's just talking about what's in front of you. And there was another one where um, their stand had plates everywhere of, uh, you'd call them cookies in the States, so biscuits, and like, like jammy dodges and stuff. So, you know, I went over because I was hungry and I, I started eating one of the biscuits. And of course that got attention because someone was at their stand. And, um, you know, so, so you've got, you got the like, head of sales, I think it was, uh, and, and a marketing manager was there. And, and they were just like, um, they're like, oh, they're looking at me, you know, you're eating our biscuits. Like, um, so I just said, I'm just here for the biscuits. And, and that was apparently hilarious. And that was enough to get the, the ball rolling. <clears throat> but that's precisely what you do in real life anyway. And so looking for commonality, what's in front of you is really important. Just try and avoid the weather. Don't talk about the weather, it's rubbish. But talk about what's going on. You know, how are you finding the event? Hey, how's your friend? Just talk as normal people would almost as friends would, because now you're being normal, everyone chills out, because remember the other people, those you're interfacing with, they're often a little bit nervous as well, so it's a good idea to help relax them by just being chilled out. And you'll find that because they'll warm to you so much faster, they'll now lean in and want to engage with you, so ask them about themselves and see where it takes you. And, and like I say, if you get on really well, you might then establish that there's a time, a better time to actually speak. Don't expect to pitch and close a deal on a busy trade show floor with someone who's, who's there, who spent 40 grand to actually uh, uh, have a stand and, and you know, no one's actually able to, to spend any time with them. You know, or rather, they're, they're, they're there to focus on selling instead. So that, that doesn't really make much sense. Uh, shout out to those watching on Facebook. Ajani, nice to see you jumping in here. Ian Tisker, Lenny Young, Mirav here or here watching. I hope you caught your question. Bob Lowe, Jedi Hill, Victor's back again. Uh, Victor, oh, sorry, Bob Lowe. Hi, Richard. How do you network with a person of high value at an event? For example, if I'm at the same event as Damon John. Presumably you want to go and speak to Damon John. What you don't do is ask people, can I go and speak to him? Uh, look for an opportunity when he's available and go and speak to him. <clears throat> again, if it's someone with a high value, what you're going to do naturally as a human is revere that high status. If you do that, your, your lizard brain, if you want to call it that, <coughs> the instinctive animal part, is going to want to try and talk you out of it. Because if you get it wrong, you may be socially ostracized, says the fear part of your brain. You want to bin it off and override it by just walking over and starting to, you know, start talking to them. What's your opener going to be? It shouldn't be, oh my God, I think you're amazing. Wow, you're so amazing. Oh wow, I've seen all your tweets. I follow everything you do. My goodness, it's just amazing to meet you finally while shaking their hand vigorously. Because someone who's in that position is probably a little, they probably appreciate it, but they're probably a bit bored of hearing that. And you don't represent novelty that will stick after the event. You don't rep represent no novelty that will stick after the event. Instead, what's essential is to say something different. Ask them something about what they do. You know, if you revere, for instance, if you're meeting Damon John, then presumably you know something about him. You've read his book or whatever. So 
then make a comment, like ask him, just out of interest, you said this in your book, I'm interested in what your, what your feelings are about it now, or whatever, you know, you wrote this book eight years ago, what, what's the situation now, do you feel it's the, ask him something intriguing, and, or make fun, like banter, poke a bit of fun, have a, have a joke, because if you're being normal, you're at that level, not some subordinate person miles down who is, is just reaching, and probably you, people are gonna be a bit bored by that, I would think, so, it's far more effective to try and be normal, be on their level. Don't be in awe of the people who are superstars. Be useful to them. And what I mean by that is stimulate them in terms of the, uh, so stimulate them with, with their like, uh, with kind of on an intellectual level. Don't pitch them because they won't, won't want to buy from you because you haven't earned the right yet. But be interesting, now they want to lean in. Okay, that's the way I'd look at it. Uh, hi, hi there to those of you on Instagram, Wiles18, Lieve Grimberger, good to see you here. We're going to be at in Amsterdam for Entrepreneur Business Live in May. 6th of May is penciled as the, uh, the date for it, so more of that soon. Kelly Bader, good to see you here. Uh, Dikam Raman, I think is your name. ISR underscore GHP, catchy, catchy name. Good to see you here. Tim Brown, you come over here from LinkedIn. Nice to see you on there as well. Lydis Smith, hi Sir Richard Moore, you're great at the follow-up and staying connected with little touch points between meetings. Thank you, Lydis Smith. And it's funny you write that because, <coughs> last question, Alison Lorek Bucklin, what's your advice on the best way to follow up and continue growing relationship? Marvellous, it's like this show has been produced in advance. Uh, it hasn't, by the way, but it looks like it has. Um, so, What's your advice on the best way to follow up and continue growing the relationship? The best advice is to organize the follow-up during that first meeting. <clears throat> Do not ever say, this has been great, let's stay in touch, because you're leaving it too open. The next date for follow-up, this is a crucial part, the next date for follow-up should be when it is logically possible to next follow up. Oh, but they're busy. I don't want to interrupt them too much. They've got so much on. They're such an important, what's the term um, uh, Bob wrote? An important high value person. Nonsense. <laughs> they're busy all the time. So if, for instance, they say, do you know what? This has been interesting. I think we should speak again when I get back to my home office. Great, so you're here for the event across two days, when are you back at your home office? Thursday, marvellous, I'll call you on Thursday then. When it is logically next, pos next possible is when you should speak to them. <coughs> Why? Because I'm pushy? No. Because I want to sail? Not that either. The reason why now, or as soon as is logically possible, not guessing that they're too busy and not want to put them out, when it is logically possible, is because time kills interest, especially emotional interest. If someone thinks I'm awesome and we're going to follow up uh, in an like indeterminate amount of time, then if I'm waiting to, for two weeks, I'm totally killing the emotional buy-in. It will drop off a cliff. So it needs to be as soon as is possible. I'm going to re be remembered more. Come on, if you've pitched someone or spoken to someone, you remember them sooner rather than later, don't you? So it makes more sense to say, so when are you next available? And then take it from there. Let them tell you. I mean, I wouldn't even say available. So like, what needs to happen for us to have the next call? I need to be in my office. Or what needs to happen? We should meet with my partner, Richard. Fine. 
when are you next with your partner? I'm with him on Friday next week. So Friday next week then, whatever it is, that's the time when we would meet up. So there's a logical business reason for the, for the, for the follow-up date or time to be when it is. Not conjecture, guesswork and estimates based on you not wanting to put them out or being overly polite. I'm not saying you should be in their face pressuring them. What I'm saying is when it is next logically possible is when the follow-up should be. That's my best advice on that. Um, always think about that. That typically, <coughs> if I start with a networking event, when I meet someone, the follow-up is actually when I would do the pitch. The point of the business networking meets, the first point of contact where you're meeting over the beer or pizza or whatever, or at a trade show you bump into people when they don't wanna be sold to. The point of that is to be memorable and have a great connection and be fun and interesting. That guy Richard's awesome. Then you convert when you do the follow-up. The follow-up is actually the, the meeting itself. If you're asking about the follow-up to that pitch, well then again, the answer is when it is logically possible. Still, even if I've, if I've had my pitch with someone, say on a Tuesday, and they said we've agreed that the follow-up will be the Thursday, for instance, I will still leave that meeting and leave them a message right away. Good to meet with you. Thanks so much. As discussed, this is what we'll do and, I, and confirming, I'll give you a call on Thursday as, as agreed. So nail it all down, basically. You should follow up straight away to say thanks, uh, but, but also the actual follow up or the next step should be when it is logically possible. And a little tip, never ask, um, so what are next steps? Understand their process internally, sure, but you need to call the next steps. So let's do this, you should say, because that's you controlling the situation. It means that you are, are leading the process. What are the next steps is basically translated to, can you decide what we do next? And I wouldn't really wanna buy from someone who doesn't know what, what, how we proceed. It makes much more sense for you to try and um, uh, lead this process although they should tell you what their process is and you fall in step with that. So I hope that helps. Um, uh, Mirav Levine, try to be normal. Yes, you must, one must. Um, Victor Horkasitas has said, <coughs> excuse me, challenge them on a point made in their work or ask what they wish they'd, they had time to include but unable due to time or other constraints. Yeah, really good one. I, I like doing that. That's worked really well for me, challenging someone on, on something in their work. Um, that's how I've reached out years back. I've said this before in like 2015, I was building a course called Eight Step Startup. I built it with um, advice and tips from best-selling authors, professors at business schools and uh, business leaders. So, you know, directors and, and vice presidents and so on at Facebook and, and CEO, a CEO of Microsoft in Australia, all the way through to um, published professors at major business schools and so on. And always it was the same. I remember when I first connected to Seth Godin, it was literally this process. What I did was I read his book, one of it was probably Purple Cow at the time I'd read, and I sent him a message saying, with the subject, um, question about Purple Cow, which is like sending someone a question saying, question about your baby. It is his love and joy for that time when he was building that book, okay? So question about Purple Cow, and it's like, um, 
Hi Seth, uh, just finished re reading Purple Cow. Obviously it was published on this date. Wondering what you think about things now or, or whatever. It was something about con context and the book itself. And as a result, he of course got back. Because in a sea of spammy emails going, I think it's so amazing, Seth. I wish I could be like you, Seth. And will you be on my podcast, Seth? It was a case of him saying, huh, this guy's actually not in a bad way, kind of challenging what, I, what I've written about. And this is what I'm interested in. And so that represented a higher level of stimulation. So he actually engaged. And then we back and forth for a bit with email. And this worked with so many people. Like I say, CEO Pitt Marlowe, CEO of Microsoft Australia, straight in with a response because I asked her about her ice bucket challenge that I saw on Twitter a couple of years before. And she was like, you know, stuff like that is something about the person as opposed to, Hi, I think you're great, can I pitch you, or whatever nonsense it is. Yes, I'm really sorry, you have to do a little bit of work and actually do the research, but you actually get the outcome of people responding to you. So that, that's how I would do it. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing that face-to-face -face as well. If you know the targets or prospects who are gonna be in the room, it's a really good idea to do a little bit of research beforehand. Twen in 2020, there's so much publicly available information on people anyway, it's insane to not do a quick research, bit of research on them and find out what the latest is. If they publish content online, you can't miss because you know you can just talk about that and challenge them on a, or ask them something. Don't be provocative or, or a bit of an irritation for the sake of it, but without question, it makes sense to be, have some commentary on it because that will stimulate them. So Bob Lowe mentioned earlier <coughs> about meeting uh, Damon John. Go check out what he's talking about at the moment. What's the latest thing he keeps talking about? Maybe everyone who goes to see him and speak to him is like, here's a copy of your book that you wrote five years ago. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, here's a copy of my book that you wrote five years ago. Can you sign it, please? And he, in his head, of course he's happy. He's a pleasure center kind of reaction. He's like, thanks everyone. This is really nice. It's really nice. But when you come in with, you know, I haven't got a book, so automatically you're different. And Damon, it's interesting, you, you were talking last week about this thing. Have a question about it. And, you know, just uh, that's, that's stimulating for people because it's about them. It's something interesting. It's something that will stimulate them intellectually. Now they're going to lean and actually want to speak to you. You're going to be a heck of a lot more interesting and memorable than, uh, than all the fanboys and girls who are lording over the, uh, the high-value people, as you call them. So hope that helps, everyone. Thanks very much for watching. It's a bit shorter today, uh, just 40 minutes. Um, but again, thank you, those of you who supported Entrepreneur Business Live London last week, Atlanta the week before. $500 has been donated to the two local charities, uh, Funding Love and Drive Forward. Tickets are now available as of yesterday for uh, Entrepreneur Business Life Miami with me, Brian Derek, uh, Sinead uh, Moray, um, Shay Robottom, Quentin Allens, and Jackie, Jackie Hermes. Hope you will get a chance to watch. If you can't make it, don't worry. You can join the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook and watch it live. I just want to shout out Mona Stevens for building uh, the weekly newsletter. This has been over a year now, and the, <coughs> in fact, about a year and a half. Every week on a Monday, there is a free researched newsletter. So my researcher, Mona, researches this whole thing and it focuses on the latest changes in the digital uh, and social media marketing uh, uh, space. Uh, it has information on from them. It has information uh, from the top business um, minds in, in the industry at the moment. All a digest from the previous week. 
in addition, it has a digest of a few pieces of my content as well. So if you want this for free each week, there is zero spam. It is literally a service that we send to you. It goes out every Monday in about six hours from now. If you go to therichardmore.com forward slash newsletter, put in your email address and your name. That's all, all you need to do and you'll receive that email each week. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. There's so much depth in it and um, uh, she does a great job researching it. So thank you to her. I urge you to check it out. Thank you everyone who's watching. Thanks uh, on Instagram. I'll see you later. Cheers for watching.